Ladies and gentlemen, it's the Mingry Nation podcast. Welcome to it. So, folks, we're back, and, um, you know, it was a long trip. Um, from MGN HQ, which you may or may not know is in St. Louis, Missouri, is uh, the cool part is, like, you know, it really is, you know, they call it gateway to the West, right? It's the gateway to everybody, everywhere. Uh, you can see why St. Louis became, uh, you know, the place it is. I have something like a theory, uh, and this is, you know, backed by my urban and regional planning uh, graduate studies um, that uh, you know, like nexus, uh, a nexus of, of transportation is is important. Uh, now St. Louis is like kind of lost that, right? But it's one reason why like Dallas, Fort Worth is like super important. So is like Atlanta because they're like uh, transportation hubs, airport hubs. So then uh, you know, large corporations move there, and that kind of drives the economy. Uh, it's one reason why Miami is like a global city. It's because it's one of the easiest ways to get to America from all of Latin America. Anyway, that aside, it's only five hours to Bowling Green, which I found out was named after a Bowling Green. It's like calling place hockey rink, you know? Um, it was named after either the place in New York where they did it or some other place. Uh, the guy just liked it. Um, it's my first time going there. Uh, first time I diddle. Which is nice. I saw uh, the great Hank Dickinson at the at the team hotel. Uh, he actually saw me kind of parenting my kid, and he made a comment. I was like, "What? Oh, I was like, who's that radio voice uh, commenting on my parenting?" Um, but yeah, you know, we, we chatted. We talked a little bit about um, you know the 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 arena. He's giving me some just a little preview of it. And Diddle, if you haven't been, it's nice. Um, but we'll get to that in a second. North Texas went two and zero on the Mid South road trip. I don't know if you call Kentucky the Mid South, but I mean, I guess it's Mid South, right? Um, Tennessee's like Mid South, so Mid South road trip. First time ever they've gone two and zero there. First time they've ever um, uh, beaten like. Any, there's a lot of little things like first time they beat uh, one at Diddle two times in a row. First time they won in Murphy Center two times in a row. Uh, never beaten Murphy, uh, Murphy Middle and and Western. Uh, at the, you know, the same time and the same road trip, um, good times. And North Texas has been taking that road trip for a long time, right? They were in the Sun Belt together and now in Conference USA together. North Texas is good. They're the good team. Now North Texas goes there and, and whoops up on teams and upsets them. Uh, now the coaches, you know, their coaches will say things like, um, you know, well, well, you know, that's, you got to give them credit. Uh, you know, like that's how they do things. I was watching the the McDevitt press conference uh, in the post game. Uh, that's the Middle Tennessee coach, in case you didn't know. Uh, you know, they said things like, "That's how North Texas plays. We got to be ready for them. Uh, they remind us of us." That kind of thing. And we'll get to all that in a second. Uh, first, I'm gonna tell you a little story. So we drove up to uh, to Bowling Green, Kentucky, Mean Green Nation, meaning me, and. Uh, <laughs> And my wife, who likes to make fun of me, calls me Mr. Nation sometimes. Um, so so we're there, and, uh, you know, the kids are getting kind of hungry, so we pull over, like, let me just find the nearest sandwich place or whatever, someplace near here. And I found it, and it was closed. Right? Just everything downtown Bowling Green was, like, closed, anything that you could possibly eat. So we had to drive a little far out, but, you know, whatever. Uh, there's one place, like a Greek place, that's a, it looks like a church, but it's a Greek it has columns in the front, and it has Greek food. I wanted to eat there. Uh, my wife wanted to eat there, but it was closed at the time. We got there like 2 o'clock. Um, so anyway, the game was at 8 p.m., so we had plenty of time to do that. And so we got settled in. We got to the hotel, and I was like, you know, I think the team's staying here. I see like a bus out here. It's very very clear signs that the team's staying here. Um, and so, you know, we, we I volunteered to escort all our children, the three of them, up, up to the room. My wife was like, all right, I'll go park 
the car. And this is a good heads up, you know, if you're if you're a, a husband to be or something like that. I think a, a fun tip, hot tip: give your wife, especially if you have a bunch of kids, some time alone. <laughs> um, you know, like it, it was daylight and all the other good stuff, so there's nothing like safety thing. She's just gonna go park the car and behind the garage. Five minutes alone, uh, it, it helps everybody. Um, and so she went to go do that, and you know I'm, I'm there, and she comes back, you know, and she's like, um, I think I saw the coach, uh, coach, I, you know, he's the guy that kind of looks like this. I was like, yeah, uh, where was he? I, I figured you, you did because it's a team hotel, right? And she's like, yeah. I, I, so he was running, and like I was like pulling out, I was getting ready to go park, and I saw him running, so I waved at him. I was like, hey. And he kind of, I think I confused him and messed up his run. And uh, I was like, wait, wait, what do you mean? She's like, oh, yeah, I wasn't wearing any mean green gear, so I just looked like a random Kentuckian just waving high at him uh, enthusiastically. And so, yeah, I laughed at her. Uh, and so then a little bit later on, we kind of got gr- dressed in our mean green gear. We're like, let's go downstairs. I got a little bar, a little you know, snack area. We'll g- walk the kids around the hotel. You know, we've been driving for about five hours, four hours, I think it was. And, you know, we'll just do that. And um, so, you know, we're kind of doing doing that. And then, you know, the the team, they're kind of in and out. You kind of see them doing something similar. Again, it's early in the day. It's the early afternoon. Um, so then she walks by. She happens to walk by Coach Mack again because she's taking her, her youngest upstairs to go uh, change. I think he spilled something on, him, on himself. And she just says hi. Again, so... I, I didn't know this until later. She was like, I saw him again. I was like, oh, well, did you say hi? You kind of say, explain the thing. She was like, no, I just said hi and just walked by. And I was like, what? That's two <laughs> two encounters with the coach. You'd say hi. So uh, after the game, right, North Texas wins. And I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that when we beat Western Kentucky. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, I, I tell the coach, I was like, you know, I think my wife ran into you. She saw you. And he was like, oh, you know what? I, I thought so. And I recognized her from, you know, because we'd seen him before, like a, a meetup in San Antonio. Uh, but I didn't, you know, I, didn't, I couldn't remember her name. I didn't want to like, embarrass her and all that thing. I was like, you know, that's all right. Fine. I, I'll, I'll point it out to her and, and, and give her a hard time about it. Uh, so that was funny. Uh, he did see it. He was he was like, well, you know, I, did, I didn't know what was happening. She wasn't wearing any mean green gear. I didn't know why uh, a random Kentuckian was saying hi to me. Um, all right. So North Texas plays at Diddle, right? Um, the thing about that, that whole situation was that Western had just lost like three in a row. I think a lot of fans were like, all right, there's some diddle magic there. It's always hard for North Texas to win at, you know, diddle against Western Kentucky. They've been something like a nemesis. I was talking to coach Mack after the game, uh, you know, saying like, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of like long time North Texas fans have strong feelings about Western Kentucky. Uh, cause you know, Sunbelt days. Uh, early conference USA days, and you know I think Mac he he's won four games against him. He's four and four against Western, and that puts him at 500, right? Obviously, but that's the highest winning percentage any North Texas coach has had against Western. So that tells you how much they've had, in, you know, like our number, and why it was such a big deal. Why it still is such a big deal to beat you know Western at Western, and um. You know, so yeah, I mentioned that to him, and then I also mentioned like, it seems like you can you can sort of rate or trace the um, what you call it, uh, uh, Coach Mack era by his big wins against Western, right? You bet you win the regular season title by beating Western in overtime. I think uh, that one dude missed a free throw that could have won the game, and then North Texans sent it to overtime and then winning that game. Um, obviously, the conference championship in the, in the tournament. And then last year, uh, you know, getting a big win at at Western that was that was huge, um, you know. So you can sort of just trace this era, big win in this one right now, right? North Texas had lost the game to FAU, and you know, you looked at the schedule like this is big. Western is obviously always talented; they're very talented this year. And then you got Middle; they won, you know, the East Division last year. And, you know, like it's very easy to see that North Texas could slip, right? Could drop uh, into standings and kind of, yeah, start asking questions about yourself. North Texas hadn't really started out the year as strongly as we all expected them to. Um, so th- that's the setup, right? 
the team comes out and they go up like 17 to two. I think they're up by 19 at one point. And, you know, you're watching what's happening. Like their faces, the mean green faces are just, you know, all businesslike. It's not like they're not trying hard or anything like that. It, it just very calm, right? No panic, no, um, like they're not trying extra hard. They're just playing at a normal, comfortable, mean green pace. That's what it looks like. Executing, hitting shots. I think Jaden Martinez hit two of two. Um, or And then, yeah, Scott hit three, right? I think it's, that's the breakdown for Geek Zeppelin. Um, Edie hit well, like one of four in that one, and Tyler Perry was cooking the whole game. Uh, Western, to their credit, they come back. They make a run. I think uh, uh, Tyler Perry said, uh, yeah, I mean, we expect them to make a run. They did make a run, uh, but we came into the game saying, you know, they got up early. Um, they had hot starts against uh, Rice and against, uh, I think it was, uh, was it U- not UTSA, but against Middle. And uh, we wanted to, you know, shut them down and to um, make sure they didn't do that again. And uh, that that's exactly what they did. They came out, they shut them down. The crowd was out of it. It was pretty dead. Um, and... That's a smart basketball team. You know, they're just kind of – you can sense the frustration. Right? I think Frampton shoots a three, and then he runs the other way as it, as it misses, and somebody's like, follow your shots, uh, which, you know, is unhelpful because, you know, the coaches say, you know, it's good generic advice for, like, sixth graders, but it's not necessarily what you want to do at high-level college basketball. Um, so they're frustrated. They did start playing defense very hard, and it looked very effortful. They got uh, Jamari and Sharp out the game, and they just, you know, it looked to me like just played a lot harder. They're just, you know, I, it, it, typically what happens, right? You're at home, you get smacked in the mouth, and then you get a little embarrassed, and the coaches get on you, and you say, we got to do a better job, right? That's what happened. That is what they did. And you could see the crowd appreciating it, a very smart basketball crowd. Um, and, you know, I think we all kind of knew that about Western Kentucky. Their fans have seen a lot of good basketball. It's Kentucky. It's a basketball state, you know, it's a basketball region. They appreciate it. So it was nice to see them appreciate good basketball, you know, just being around people that like basketball. Very nice people there, by the way. I could have probably just got in without buying a ticket. They just, you know, hey, just come on in. I was like, aren't you going to scan? They're like, oh, yeah, I guess we should scan it. Um, but, yeah, shout out to the media department and, uh, and to the middle one also. Very, very nice, very friendly, easy to work with. You always like those kind of people. Um, all right, so, you know, North Texas kind of hangs on later. Davion McKnight, I'm a big fan of his because I like basketball, and he's he's been a baller ever since he was a freshman. He's never had any fear. Uh, I think his freshman season, uh, he, you know, he came in sort of like as a sixth man. I think he took over a little bit later in the, in, the, in the year, but he was always willing to take the final shot. Some of those shots may be a little crazy, but – Never had any freshman nerves. I think it was like Kentucky Mr. Basketball or something. Uh, but very talented, right? He was averaging like 23 a game coming in. Uh, they said, Max said that, you know, what, they're kind of thin on our roster. And we wrote in the preview that uh, we thought, you know, they, they don't really play really good defense. And, they're, they, you know, they just, you got to worry about their top five. And Max said, you know, they look, what do you say? Uh, they don't always look interested in playing defense. And, the game plan going into that one, he tells me, was get a lot of ball screens, get McKnight running around a lot of ball screens to get him working, right? Um, and, you know, best defense is sometimes um, a good offense. And in that way, that was the plan. North Texas came out, executed, played very good defense against a, against a very talented squad. But Western is talented. Uh, they started hitting some three-point shots. They played better defense. And Davion McKnight got buckets. North Texas, they, they were uh, up by three right, in a certain point there. But at no point in time was it ever in doubt. You know what I mean? Um, like, there was never like, well, North Texas is going to lose this one. It, you know, they're up by three. It was like 14 seconds left, and North Texas had the ball. right? So it was, it was not really a danger. Um, it certainly didn't feel that way from my vantage point. And it was a good win, right? North Texas took out a good opponent. But, uh, whether you start out strong what they did against in the in the championship game uh, a couple of seasons ago uh or just you know go on a, a game ending run where you kind of seal the game sort of like they did against middle you know it, it counts the same right you get the points you shut them down you make a big run like that and you keep them to smaller runs that's how you win games it was an excellent excellent performance 
by the team against a very talented team that you're probably going to see again. Um, you know, I, I, Mac, he, he said about uh, uh, Rick Stansbury that, you know, he's uh, he feels for him, and he, he knows he's having some health issues right now, but he thought Cunningham did a good job. He has a good feel for flow. And, you know, lots of credit, lots of credit all around. I asked Tyler Perry about, you know, that left. I think he had a lefty floater and, um, you know, airballed. But he said he's been working on that. I asked him about his handles and, like, you know, a question we've all had is, like, what's what's up with this offense where we just kind of dump it to Tyler Perry and say, please go get us a shot? Now, one, knowing that's pretty common in college basketball or basketball in general, after you run your offense, you just get it to your best player and say, please try to bail us out. Um, you know, he said he's been working on that. Like he, he knows that's the case and he's been trying to mix up his looks, uh, his dribbles, uh, you know, the, his getting his rhythm earlier, attacking earlier, getting to his spots earlier. So, and that lefty floater is something he said he and, uh, one of the GAs has been working on during the summer. So good stuff there. Um, you know, I talked to, to coach Mack also after the game. And he was saying that, you know, well, both he and Tyler Perry was crediting everybody for working very hard after that FAU game and, uh, like, some of the poor shooting. I asked, you know, I was like, look, what's the deal with the poor shooting? Is that is that just they're getting good shots, is what I think, but they're just missing them? Or is it, like, you know, attitude or something? And he said, yeah, I, a lot of it is just, uh, you know, doing what you got to do, uh, working hard, shooting the shots that are open, and uh, a note that he said is being aggressive, right? If your shot's not falling, you still got to be aggressive. Sometimes it means just keep shooting it, but sometimes it means attacking the paint, getting paint touches, and making something happen. And he credited uh, Kai Huntsbury. And again, I'm talking about the, the Western game, so if you go back and watch it, look for this in the second half. You know, he's, these are big plays. This is what he's looking at. So when we see the guys missing, maybe having an off game, what we can expect to see is that they attack the basket because that's what Coach Mack is saying. But, again, he's like, all these guys are good. You know, they, they just need to be aggressive and keep shooting because they're great players. Uh, talking about, you know, uh, Jaden Martinez, Kai Huntsbury, uh, Tyree Eady, and, uh, you know, of course, Aaron Scott, who had a crazy weekend. He was balling out. All right, so fast forward to Nashville. By the way, I like Nashville a lot. It was It was very clean. Um, it reminded me of Austin. Got a lot of Austin vibes. Uh, a little Austin, uh, a little bit Dallas, Fort Worth, a little Frisco in there. Some of the new places are building. Um, uh, we went. Apparently, they have a the Parthenon. I didn't know this. Like a replica Parthenon that they built in 1897 for a, a bicentennial or a centennial, and they have a uh, the uh, Athena Parthenos in there, 42 foot statue, uh, in plaster and in something else. Uh, just sitting in there so we went to go see that and i asked athena for for good fortune and uh seems like she didn't give us good ha first half good fortune but good second half good fortune she did um uh, i did go to a place called san antonio taco just because you know fate compelled me to do these things uh it's it's fine uh it's not not great but uh, I mean, it's kind of weird. I guess it's what you what happens when you go to like Tennessee. It's not a whole lot of Mexicans there. Not a whole lot of experience with tacos, I guess. Uh, or I guess the tacos are just what Taco Bell type tacos. Anyway, it, it's it's not bad. Um, it, it's kind of it's kind of strange to see the demographics there making making the tacos. It's not you, but uh, me as a Texan, I'm used to seeing. But they're good. I got some tortillas. I ate them. I bought them. Handed them out. Um, all right, so the the game, Middle Tennessee. Murfreesboro, if you haven't been, is like southeast of Nashville, about 30 minutes, depending on traffic. It can be up to an hour. It can be as short as like 35 minutes. Not bad. Uh, the geographic center of, of Tennessee is right outside the Murphy Center on, was it Greenland, Green Line Drive or something? Uh, so it's right there. I, I'm, I get a kick out of how they named it middle and not like central like everybody else you know it should be like central missouri central michigan uh you know whatever uh but they they went with middle um all right so murphy centers it's old in the 70s right it's like 50 years old it's kind of like uh like the super pit uh it's big square uh but it's nice-ish they have a lot of like hey look who's been here you got like elton john has been here uh you know like 
Elvis has been here. Uh, it, it's kind of weird because it, there's like a track on the outside of it. They have bleachers uh, like they would normally like extend out, I guess, but they are used as walls. Um, and so you can see it in some some of the pictures or some of the broadcast uh, wide angle shots where it's like it looks like a wall around it, uh, like temporary walls where those are bleachers and they just have like numbers taped on it. Like this is section in. But the rest, the bowl is, is inside that. It gets pretty loud in there considering. Uh, it wasn't a big crowd. Uh, you know, I think Sam Doughton, the guy from um, GoBlueRaiders.com, he was saying, yeah, there's not a lot of students here. And, you know, we get a pretty good crowd usually. Um, you know, Middle Tennessee has long supported their basketball. They know, they know they're good basketball. And uh, McDevitt credited the crowd for being in it. He credited a lot of them for showing up considering that the Titans are playing. I was like, oh, yeah, I guess they do like the Titans, right? I was rooting for the Jaguars. Anyway, um, so middle, if you don't know, and uh, you know, I asked Mac about you know a little preview for the of the game. He's like, we got to be able to score against the press. We scored against the Western press, but we definitely got to score against this squad. Um, you know, they they are they're very um, they're very good. They like to get out and run. They're very long, they're very athletic. So we got to do that. It's gonna be a good game for. Abu Usman, who we, we we need a lot, and uh, we use him as an outlet against the press. So he, it's a good time to get him the ball, and we really got to play inside out. And, uh, you know, I, I thought he played well against Wester, but he, he didn't like all the way that he was kicking the ball out. He thinks he can play a little better. Obviously, he got in foul trouble. Um, so that was the game plan. Going in, North Texas is hitting the mouth <laughs> uh, and like a flip of what happened to Western. After the game, I you know I was like, look, it seemed like they were doing to you what you normally do to other teams. And everybody's like, yeah, that's basically it. And um, one of the middle guys, I forget what it was, it might have been Eli Lawrence, was saying after the game something similar. is like, we see North Texas as a mirror image of us. Uh, they do a lot of the same things. They're tough. They play a lot of defense. You know, so um, you know it, it made sense. It was sort of like a rock fight. And um, so they they were that's really for me the the summary of that first half uh, well at least the first fifteen minutes it was a lot of middle challenging everything uh, uh, Ruben Jones was saying yeah they were attacking the gaps they were aggressive in there you know just fighting over everything being very physical we didn't meet their physicality uh, Coach Max says and I'm gonna play like, I'm gonna play like he talked for like ten minutes to me I think I'm just gonna play the whole interview for you at the end of this thing so stay tuned for that um. You know, he says, uh, what you call it? Um, yeah, I, I, we just came out flat, right? We we were not uh, as aggressive as we needed to be. You know, Abu Usman got, he got some foul trouble. And so then we, we started mixing in some, some, some guys. They were planning on doing that anyway because, of, you know, the Thursday-Saturday game. Uh, so Sissoko got some time. I think he got pulled pretty quick because he turned the ball over pretty quick. And he got in, you know, they like to do that little high, um, like sort of like a high post, like extend off the side, give it to the big man. He's looking for a cutter. And I think he tried to pass to, I forget who it was. Uh, it might have been Kai Huntsbury and there's a turnover. And then he immediately comes out the game, right? Uh, so I, I know some people were asking like, hey, why? Right? Why are we not playing more of these dudes? And I think the answer is it, they're not earning it, right, on the court. Uh, <laughs> like, even if you only get two minutes, you can't turn the ball over in that two minutes, right? You got to just be great in your two minutes. And uh, I think back to Abu Usman's freshman year where he was getting spot minutes like that, right? It was like, all right, Zach needs two minutes to rest. Come in and be great in your two minutes. And he would, right? He came in against Charles Bassey, current NBA player, right, for the San Antonio Spurs. Uh, you know, Conference USA Defensive Player of the Year. And he got a bucket against him, got some rebounds, made him work. And then he went and sat down great stuff you got to be excellent in your role even if it's brief and uh, you know uh Sissoku he got a rebound and you know he set a good screen here and there but I don't know that he was excellent in that two minutes and when you gotta you know the situation is calling for um doing you know like more like a smaller lineup you know so I forgot I lost my chain of thought uh when the situation calls for more versatility and uh, you have an Aaron Scott out there who's playing really well, you're going to lose your minutes to that guy, right? And that's essentially what happened. It's like Scott, Martinez, you know, played. Edie got some some time in there. Um, 
and you know, like uh, Ruben Jones is, was excellent, right? Uh, Matt credited him after the game. He said he thought he was the catalyst at the end of the first, and then obviously Aaron Scott, who scored all of his ten points in the second half, uh, on a lot of back cuts. He credited his back cut stuff. Um, you know, like, and then and then you know, I, I asked um, I asked him after the game, Aaron Scott, like, you know, what have you been working on? He's you know said a little bit of everything. Yeah, uh, he had a little Kobe Bryant moment. I saw he like he did a, a pump fake, a little dribble to the corner, a little fadeaway baseline three uh jumper um just showing a skill set we hadn't seen before and he said he's been working on all that and and you can see it right he he hit a couple you know catch and shoot threes he hit some back uh back cut you know catch it and lay it up kind of things and then he had showed his handles right get to the bucket those kinds of things are how you win games and he says yeah i'm versatile i have length gotta use my length uh he also made excellent plays defensively there was that one uh, I think it was about three minutes left, where three North Texans go up fighting for a ball, a little too much hustle. Uh, and I, I asked Mac about this. You can talk about it. Uh, you can hear him talk about it later. Uh, he goes up. They go for it, and um, the ball's tipped and falls right to Cam- Cameron Weston, right? And he's like, oh, look at me. Easy layup time. And he goes up, and then Aaron Scott flies over, blocks a shot. Uh, saves the day, basically, right? That's the kind of thing that wins games. It's small stuff. It's extra effort, all kinds of hustle. And you'll hear Max say later about how they practiced that and, you know, like how it showed in the last two games that, you know, we practice hard. He said that's how we practice. We practice very hard all the time. And, you know, he credits a few guys on it, like uh, um, Tyler Perry. Uh, he said Aaron Scott, Ruben Jones, a couple of those leaders that are – that have taken on that mentality. So last year's team, you know, like uh, 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 Thomas Bell, et cetera, J.J. Murray, those kinds of dudes set the tone, and they'd been doing it for four, for five years, you said. And so they really knew what was what. And so these guys are, like, sort of taking on that mantle and realizing, like, hey, we got to be the ones that's saying uh, it, we're going to practice super hard every time. So he tells a story about, like, Aaron Scott flying over, being able to do that kind of stuff in practice all the time. So it's not a surprise that they're doing it in the game. And, you know, there you go. That's why they won. Yeah, it's because they, they work on it, right? It's that, uh, the Bane thing, right? You, you thought you, uh, uh, you thought the darkness was your ally, except it's just playing tough basketball, being physical was your ally. Uh, you know, that's how North Texas practices all the time. So an excellent road trip. You got to come back. You got a you got a, a sort of a beat down, um, you know, like at least a, a game in which you went over there and controlled the game. You know, took the crowd out of it. Um, saw some grit. We saw some excellent play for some from some role players. We saw one game where Tyler Perry had twenty two, just really just was in rhythm, and we saw another game where he was taken out of it. I mean, he had eleven points and he had some clutch free throws late, but for the most part, uh, Middle Tennessee did a good job of denying the ball. And uh, Aaron Scott said, uh, you know, like, we knew that was the case. And so we, you know, just went to the next offense. So we we, we got to be ready for everything. We made some adjustments and we got some buckets. And, uh, you know, we can say, well, you know, they didn't score that much. And, you know, like uh, it was it was terrible. But that's the kind of thing that it's sometimes it, the style of game you get in a game is dependent on the participants. Right. Middle Tennessee wants to turn you over and then go run and get easy buckets. And McDevitt said this in his post-game press conference. Um, like, that's how we want to score, right? Like, we know that that's the deal. We want to get easy ones. We know North Texas defense is, is very good. They don't make mistakes, you know? So there's nothing going to be easy in there. And so the way we want to score is running, right? We want to get turnovers, get easy, get four on fives, that kind of thing. Um, so once North Texas, A, start, stop turning the ball over, and B, uh, you know, kind of found the rhythm and, you know, like wasn't get getting beat to loose balls. And you hear, you'll hear Mac talk about that too. They were, they kind of made it their game again. And then, you know, once it was within a couple possessions, it was a North Texas kind of game. And you trust North Texas to win those kinds of games uh, for the most part, right? The obvious exception was that FAU won. And I don't have it in this interview, but it was the, the, uh, uh, the one I talked to him, uh, well, actually, I have the audio. I just don't have it ready for y'all. Um, the one for the Western Kentucky game where, you know, he, he was saying, 
yeah, that that FAU game, I thought, you know, like they were one of the best shooting teams in the league, meaning FAU, and we, you know, held them, right? So it was like sort of a bad shooting night for everybody. Uh, and then obviously that Abu Usman getting getting fouled out changed the game. Uh, but, you know, as as much as it hurts to lose to FAU in that game, I think North Texas played a pretty good game overall against a team that might be ranked in the top 25 in one of these games, right? Um, overall, what do we say? Uh, it was an excellent weekend. Um, for me, the biggest takeaways are, A, uh, the other guys, right? Like as the TNT dudes like to say, the role players stepped up in more ways than one, right? Obviously, you want Jaden Martinez and... And some of the, the the new guys that come in and hit buckets, that's what we talked about in, like, the offseason and preseason stuff. We're like, who's going to get those clutch buckets? Who's going to do the Marjez McBride three-point shots, right? Who's that going to be? Martinez stepped up, hit big buckets. Aaron Scott, three for three, big buckets. Um, you know, uh, Kai Huntsbury, he, I think he went one for four against Western. I forget his stat line in the next one. But Ruben Jones... We expected him to, to kind of step up into that uh, ball handling, like secondary playmaker, right? Um, uh, Tyler Perry is obviously the guy, scoring-wise. But the next dude is Ruben Jones. We need him to get buckets in transition. We need him to hit stand-up three-pointers. points, three pointers. We need him to get steals. We need him to defend their best player. Uh, and he gives North Texas a little bit of that versatility, right? Yeah. You look at, at one point, all of Middle Tennessee is like six seven, six eight, and North Texas has like Tyler Perry, you know, Matt Stone, a little short, you know, not necessarily as long. And you can easily point to that and say, oh, well, that's why they're losing, right? They're just not as big. But that's not it, right? Um, and then, you know, the other like uh, like thing that makes up the gap there is just how hard North Texas plays, but then the versatility you get with Ruben Jones, who can guard one through four with Aaron Scott, who can guard one through four, right? Um, if you're able to do that, you can make up for some of the physicality gaps, right? Because, like, Dishman was, like, 6'7", 235, and he was bullying, like, Scott. I think he bullied, like, Ruben Jones. That's not a matchup you want every time, but, you know, when you got a Scott and Jones in there and you have, uh, you know, a, a, an Usman that's not, uh, not fouled out, all of a sudden, it changes the game, changes the math a little bit. And uh, North Texas did a great job uh, playing great defense. They got a lot of smart defensive plays, right? Some Drew some charges, uh, got some team blocks. Usman got a big block late. Just a lot of good stuff that I, you know, I can't even remember all of them. Um, and, and the game sealing the steal, right? Ruben Jones steal, seals the game. Um, taking care of the ball and, you know, Middle Tennessee, from their perspective, they're like, oh, we turned the ball over, but... In the same way that Middle made North Texas turn the ball over in the first half, North Texas made Middle turn the ball over in the second, right? A um, lot of good stuff. Uh, coming up this week, it's La Tech. And then on Saturday, Florida Atlantic. Um, two huge, huge games. Um, Louisiana Tech is not really the kind of team, talent-wise, and like scheme wise and execution wise that they had been last couple seasons. Um, I think if you said, you know, Tech was the best team, you know, for lo long stretches of the season um, in Conference USA uh, for the last couple seasons, I would not argue with you too much. Uh, they had, you know, they, they had a, a current G League superstar, Junior Lofton out there and they were balling, right? Uh, last year, I, was, I thought they had a, a uh, Isaiah Crawford-sized hole missing in their offense, or just another guy that could that could bring some versatility and you know dynamism to their offense. And they, you know, he's back, right? Isaiah Crawford's back. I don't know that he's fully back to the kind of dude that you know gave North Texas fits in at least one of those games a couple seasons ago, but he's back. And they got Kobe Williams, who's uh, he's really the heart of their offense. He just uh, ridiculous handles, lots of speed. You might remember that he gave North Texas fits in the in the semifinal matchup in the conference tournament last season. Uh, it wasn't that he was just, you know, killing them, but he got big buckets because uh, he was able to to get penetration, pull up, and get his jumper off. 
Ruben Jones did a great job locking him up, and North Texas really just didn't hit any shots, right? Uh, you got to look out for Keiston Willis. That dude can shoot the ball. Uh, he was a transfer from UIW, and uh, he shot ridiculously well for them last season, except in the, in the uh, I think, the game against, uh, was it uh, UAB that they lost, right? Um, and so, you know, what you got is a team that's, that can beat you, but I don't think that they're as big of a threat as they were last couple of years, right? Um, like I don't really look at any of their inside presence and say North Texas has a clear disadvantage, right? Maybe like where Junior Lofton was like that kind of dude. Um, yeah, I don't know that you have to do anything different. You can kind of guard everybody straight up. Um, you know, North Texas will mix up their coverages. I was talking to Ruben Jones and like – I noticed that they were digging in on, on Dishman a couple times and, you know, I asked about that, that defense. He says, yeah, I mean, early on we're trying to give them different looks, you know, like uh, sometimes we're digging, sometimes we're just doubling them. Other times we'll just play them solo. Uh, some of it is just reading the defense. Like if you see that you can dig and you can close out in a shooter, then do it. If other times it's not, uh, it's really just to make them uncomfortable. And uh, I expect we'll see some of the same kind of stuff against uh, against. Louisiana Tech. I've watched a few of the games, uh, but you know, I I don't. I, I think that the short answer, or the short description of them, is I don't know that they are as crisp offensively as they were under Conkle. They have a new coach Hester, right? And they're sort of working on what they're going to be under him. I I think this is more like North Texas. You can win this game, and I think we should be favored. Uh, I don't really have any major concerns. I think everybody, like if, of the two things, you know, which team has the the aspect of them that's going to make you change? I think North Texas is going to clearly been making teams change. Um, they hold teams to under their scoring average. They change up the rhythm. At least for a portion of the game, you will be play, playing North Texas basketball, and that favors North Texas, right? That means uh, it's going to be a slow pace. It's going to be a grind. It's going to be physical. You're going to have to make tough shots. Um, you're going to have to make free throws and, you know, that kind of thing. Um, you know, obviously North Texas has to improve in certain areas. That means getting Usman the ball, uh, getting him touches. As he goes, North Texas goes in a lot of, in a lot of aspects. Um, he makes the whole offense easier. If he's scoring inside, uh, they, like to, they like to give him some uh, uh, opportunities just to go one-on-one. And if I'm counting him, I think he went like two or four on his, his little like ISO post ups. It's not bad, you, you know. You'll take that, but uh, you want to get enough of that so that way you can force them to double, so you can get kickouts and then get them into rotations. Right. the The thing is, you you don't want to have Tyler Perry making having to make a, a you know something out of nothing all the time. And, um, you know, like, he has been good. He had some clutch shots. But you want to get him – you want to get him the ball earlier where he can get some rhythm so that he's ready to take those shots at the end of the clock. And I'd like him to take those shots at the end of the clock in crunch time when it matters and winning time. And, uh, you know, so far it's not been so good. Like, Middle Tennessee did a great job of denying him the ball – making him do a lot of dances like really far out, like where it's a little bit uncomfortable for him. Um, and I think he's working on some of the, uh, like what he expects from Usman and a screen. It was one, I think he airballed the three where he was saying, Hey, you got to set the screen over here or do you got to reset the screen over here at this point? I didn't know exactly what he said, but he was, he was talking about it immediately after the air ball. Now you can be like, yeah, of course he's going to blame somebody else. Right. That's what everybody does. But, you can tell he was he was thrown off by something that Middle was doing, and you know he said after the after the Western game, I'm used to them putting length on me. Everybody kind of does that now, uh, you know they they kind of mix it up, and you know I'm just kind of ready for it. It is what it is. Um, and this one Middle did a good job, and it, you know like if if they're like hey we held him to 11 points, and you know he didn't really dominate the game, and a bunch of other dudes had to take shots, you'd be like yeah that's fine. But Aaron Scott stepped up. So, again, I'm very excited about that little revelation. Um, North Texas at home. Y'all go out. Y'all support the the team. Show up. Buy some tickets. Get loud. Um, you know, it was – there was a lot of uh, – what's the word? Um, 
there's a lot of support for the the two programs there. Um, uh, considering it was like you know students aren't back yet, that kind of thing. Uh, the traveling support for North Texas was better in 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 Murfreesboro, which makes sense. Nashville's a bigger town. Maybe you flew in. Maybe you just had people in the area. I know a couple of y'all that are listening right now, like are living there or around there. Um, and also it's the Saturday, right? It's easier just kind of get to the game. That 8 p.m. game in Bowling Green, maybe <laughs> maybe it's a little tougher. Um, but you know, I, I think the the squads. It, it's getting to that point, right? It, there's no more football. There's not a whole lot of no bowl games to watch. The TCU already lost. You can take off your purple T-shirt now, and you can go support the team. Um, it's hitting, you know, stretch run time. They're getting into the conference play. You got Louisiana Tech, a big trip to FAU, and then you got UAB coming up soon after that. UAB's been struggling, uh, but, you know, you, you still want to do well against them. You don't want to be the reason that they, they turn around and, and become, uh, you know, a juggernaut again. So what are we looking for? More of the same. We want Tyler Perry to hit it, hit some rhythm. We want to get more from Aaron Scott. Uh, I'd like to see more consistency and less fouls from Abu Usman. But uh, I think everybody likes what he's doing. He's just so important right now that that it, anytime he's not playing excellent, that it stands out, right? Um, I think ideally you'd have somebody like Sissoka would step in and just kind of take some of those minutes, and then that would you know kind of balance out as one – one player is kind of hitting a, a fallow period. The next one kind of shines, and you're balanced, right? You get everything you need. Um, you know, I, I think that's the cool part right now is that, like, when Tyler Perry's not really playing as great as he can play, again, against middle, you still got, you know, Kai Huntsbury able to bring the ball up and run a lot of the same sets, a lot of the pick-and-roll stuff. Um, you got Ruben Jones able to run some of those things. Ruben Jones doesn't have to do all the versatility stuff. You got Aaron Scott able to do it. I mean, it's a team game, after all. I always say that. And, um, you know, I don't know. It, it's North Texas hitting their stride right now, and that's good. Um, but you also got to remember that basketball is a rhythm game. <laughs> and uh, I, I'm a little concerned about that Wednesday game just because it's kind of weird, right? You know, you play, like, on a Wednesday. You used to play on Thursday. Cut those off your week. Maybe you're just a little bit messed up. And then, and then you play Saturday, right? You got to go to Florida. Uh, but you know it is what it is. That's all. Also, the nature of of the game. You get some weird times sometimes. Uh, let's see. What else do we got? Uh, in football news, they uh, finalized the staff, and you've seen like some hirings here and there about. Um, uh, sorry, somebody's uh, texting me. Um, you've seen some. Um, some some things about like hiring uh assistants and stuff like you're gonna see more of that right they're, they're trying to build out the support staff the non uh the off-field staff right uh a big thing was made about eric morris wanting to have a bigger recruiting staff uh we mentioned this before in the podcast about uh wanting to meet the same kind of resources right in terms of staffing that like a smu has that the rest of the aac has and this is a step towards doing that right uh, a lot of programs have off-field dudes out there um you know doing uh all kinds of support work either helping out with recruiting either just like doing the mundane things or stamping letters or just you know doing uh, uh photoshopping graphics or stuff like that or compiling lists putting together uh you know dossiers that kind of thing uh you need people to do it you need man hours um and you know getting some of these people in there even if their title is maybe slightly different, they're all part of the same process. You need it's about taking some of the work away from the coaching staff and then, you know, allowing them to, to just do what they do in like building relationships. So they're prepared to build relationships. So they can get a list and say, Here's everybody that you gotta call, here's everybody that's gonna go play a high school football game today, here's whose birthday it is this week. And so you can do that kind of thing. Is it impersonal? A little bit, but uh, you know, it is what it is. Um, let's see, what else do we got? Uh, I think that that's mostly it. Um, this, this podcast is a little bit late cause we got, you know, we're driving back. Um, I think, uh, I'm going to miss yeah, going to Bowling Green <laughs> cause it's, it's right there for me. And yeah, I was always a little too far, 
But I, I think the AAC still has some, some drivable trips. Uh, I think Tulsa should be a good one. I can make Wichita State, at least from where I am. Um, you know, Birmingham is a little little far away. Probably got fly to that one. But, uh, you know, what are you going to do? Uh, I, I think it's overall good. Obviously, they were in the AAC. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm happy to lose like a um, what is it like a, a FIU in in a few of these you know games. I think they they beat UAB or whatever, right? You know the the basketball team, but they've been a program that's not good. Uh, I think any any team once you kind of figure it out can bounce back. But like I mean, you look at uh, Southern Miss, right? They were terrible for the last two, three seasons in Conference USA. They go to the Sun Belt, and all of a sudden they're good. They got a lot of transfers in. Would they have been as good in Conference USA? I don't know, right? Uh, I think the Sun Belt is just a little bit of a weaker league. But, you know, they won some non-conference games. Mostly it just doesn't matter, right? Uh, I think uh, uh, Southern Miss was was a net negative uh, in a lot of a lot of ways for, for the league. And, um, you know... I think I think the best way to improve your program is to improve your program. Uh, some of it is is improving your neighbors, I guess. Or you look at TCU making a con- the national championship, but you know, like some of they they were always a good program in whatever league they were in, right? They were in the Mountain West. They were in the uh, Conference USA. Went back to the Mountain West. Um, it's about investing in your program and your programs, and certainly associating yourself with a better conference. Helps you do that, right? I think TCU doesn't go to the national championship game if they are not playing alongside Texas and Oklahoma for five, six seasons. You know what I mean? Uh, just the way it is. Um, and I think it's good for North Texas to be in the AAC to get some of that increased money. But um, the all the programs, basketball one, football ones, are going to improve when you know North Texas invests in, in itself. And that means we invest in the program, right? Um what else do we got? Uh, yeah. Um, we'll do more basketball coverage. We've got a lot of it coming up. Um, men's, I think most of y'all care about men's program. We haven't, ri- I was talking about this with somebody. Like, look, I haven't written about, like, women's basketball. And that's just because, like, it seems like nobody, not as many people care. But, but, maybe they don't care because nobody's writing about it, right? It's, it's one of those things. You have to figure out who and what um, story you're going to tell. Like, like I said, sometimes maybe you're interested and then you're like, well, um, do we, is there a story here? If, there's, if I only write one story about the women's team and then you know, you're like, well, that's not going to really pique my interest, right? It has to be, a, there has to be content there for you to jump in and maybe you find it all compelling and then, you know, there you go. Um, I don't know. There you go, man. I, those are some thoughts I have. I know it's kind of the end of the show. I will now. I'm, I'm speaking a little fast, so that way I can play this thing for the last 10 minutes. Uh, it's This is the interview with uh, Mac in the tunnel. I'm just going to play it in its entirety because it's a lot. It's good stuff. It's like 10 minutes of talking. Uh, he was feeling good. Um, and, you know, yeah, he was like, yeah, let, let's get a picture. You know, let's all everybody get a picture. Um, so it wasn't me that requested it, even though there's no way to prove it. And it looks like, yeah, like, uh, you know. Um, <laughs> I mean it's cool, but I also don't want. Yeah, I say like I don't like being uh um uh too buddy buddy with everybody just because I don't want to not be able to criticize somebody if I need to. Right, that's the whole idea. But there you go, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is Coach Matt. Uh, all right, so I mean that just went uh, pretty much as planned, right? You, you, <laughs> that's how you drew it up, go down nineteen or something like that. So. Well, give them credit because they did come to our place and we beat them last year and they won the East last year and we ended up winning the West. And so I think, you know, there was just mutual respect and they came off of a loss at UTSA. So you could tell that they were, they were revved, ready to go. And we were flat to start the game and uh, their ball pressure and the way they attacked the basket caused us some problems. And Abu got in foul trouble early, yeah. and that really hurt just kind of our our momentum. Kind of and you could tell we were just trying to figure out how 
how we're going to play this game. You know, subbing people in. We tried to give a lot of people opportunities just because of playing on Thursday. You want to make sure you try to stay somewhat fresh. Yeah, yeah. But I just think we kind of got out of rhythm without Abu out there and us subbing a bunch. It took us about 10 minutes to kind of settle in and challenged them after that eight-minute uh, media and felt like the guys at that point were like, no, we're gonna we're gonna compete, you know. Yeah, it look, I mean, it looked like again to me, it looked like they kind of were really physical. I mean, they were fighting over every ball screen. They were kind of doing what y'all do to everybody else, like basically what y'all did to Western, right? You know, like, you know, it looked like the opposite. You know, the same thing. Definitely. Yeah, they were much more physical than we were to start the game. Yeah, I know you said we got to score against your press. It didn't look like they pressed you a ton hard. It kind of gave that like sort of nominal pressure. But then it looked like the half court stuff was where you struggled with. Yeah, I mean, you know, what ends up happening is is we really anchor around the boo a lot when people yeah. are pressuring us to try to get it into the paint. Yeah. And I thought we were actually driving it well yeah. after after the first, you know, ten minutes of the game. We started getting into the paint yeah. and and started drawing fouls and started kicking out and started getting shots yeah. at that point that we felt like were good. But the first ten minutes of the game they really did have us pushed out. It looked like their their offense early was a lot of hustle points. I mean, I saw Lenny yeah. like get a, you know get a rebound, and I mean, so did y'all change anything there? It didn't look like it from my perspective. Well, that's why I write on the board. It's a forty minute game because it really is. I mean, you, you can come out there and do what we did the other night and play well, but eventually, good teams are gonna are gonna respond. And I did think the the smaller lineup that we went to really was effective at kind of turning the tide and we started pressuring them yeah. a little bit more yeah. and we started spreading them out and we started getting into the paint and 36 man it was like 36 to 22 or maybe even worse than that yeah and we said look we just need to get it under 10 before the half yeah. and I was saying if it was a seven-point game, then it'd be a completely different game. So you're making me sound good. But. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, we just felt like you don't can't get it all back. And sometimes yeah. you feel like in those games, you got to go like make hero plays. And yeah, you like where, you where's got, the ten-point shot? You, you know, got to you got to chip away at it. And I felt like to that stretch, right before the half, there was a lot of urgency. Man, our guys were guarding, yeah. and and we started at that point. And I thought that's what changed the game. Just us us being the more aggressive team to finish the half was really a big. A big part of it. Uh, I think there was a, sort of a bit debate amongst the uh, Ming Green Nation Twitter of like whether it was uh, RJ or um, you know A Scott player of the game. I mean they were making a ton of hustle plays, trying to keep track of all of them. I mean uh, I know you just kind of coach that like you got to play hard and all that stuff. But I mean can you just kind of talk? Yeah, about I mean truthfully, I don't think you like at that point just because of I thought Ruben in the first half was the difference. Yeah. Like his energy was yeah, the difference yeah. in the first half and then A Scott at the end of the game had those two back cuts in the second half, had that pull-up jumper on the right side and you know, his defense was really big and I mean, we don't win this game without either one of those guys obviously, but Ruben in the first half I thought was the guy that jump-started our team and really provided a the penetration and the defense that we needed. And then A. Scott was the guy that was able to add the physicality to it on the offensive end in the second half. And, you know, both those guys, I think, really uh, were the difference in the game. I mean, yeah, especially against, like, a middle team that's, like, super athletic. I mean, there was a point, one point where you had, like, uh, I think Stone in there and TP in there, and then they had a bunch of six eight, six seven dudes and this kind of – it's easy to say, well, they're taller, that's why they're winning, but, I mean, that's not it. I think Scott and, and, and Ruben kind of give you a little bit of that, you know, athleticism on the other side. Yeah, I mean, ultimately, you know, where we were the first half is we turned it over, and I thought they were beating us to some loose balls, and the second half it flipped. Yeah. They had three, only three assists and 13 turnovers in the second half, and... I felt like we got loose balls, and just I thought that last possession was typical of what Ruben and A. Scott yeah. were doing. They both were on the ball. They both blew through it yeah, and came yeah. up with 50-50, and Ruben's the one that got it and dumped yeah. it. So, really, you know, just the the fight to win is ultimately the I think our biggest priority as a program. You can't ever underestimate just the the fight that just it takes. It, it, to to play for forty minutes and don't ever don't ever let up, man. And don't, you don't play the scoreboard like that, and you do. And I thought we did. We kind of thought maybe we could come in here and feel our way through it, and you can't do that. And and it'll be a good lesson to learn 
through winning again as opposed to having. But I did think we handled the pressure down the stretch better. I mean, the press, we didn't cough it up uh, against the press at the end and really did a good job of handling the ball. Really, all our turnovers were dead ball turnovers. We threw it out of bounds yeah, or, yeah. you know, we, we had, you know, no transition baskets for them because of them. Yeah, I mean, I guess there was that one. I was the only one I remember, really. It was, like, I think, TP let it go, and then it was, he knew it immediately, and then yeah. like Weston got a dunk off. Um, I, so speaking of that hustle one, I mean, how do you coach up plays where I think it was like three of your guys going up for a rebound, and then so they lose it because they're all fighting each other. I think Weston gets it, but then Scott comes over and gets a block. I mean, that's that's one of those ones you're like, yeah, we want everybody to get a rebound, but then maybe it's too much hustle or something like that. I don't know. No, I mean, that's why you just keep playing because yeah. it works in your favor eventually. That's yeah. how you play. I mean, sometimes the ball doesn't bounce exactly where you want, but that's why you never quit playing. And, I mean, they, that A. Scott play was unbelievable because yeah. I thought Weston had a wide-open layup from my angle. I didn't even see A. Scott, and he comes around the baseline and goes and blocks yeah. it. I mean, it reminded me of Thomas Bell. I mean, Thomas Bell used to do that stuff. And A. Scott just has that kind of mentality. We had a play in practice uh, a, a couple of weeks ago. We brought him back from the Christmas holidays. We were practicing over at Bonson Gym. And Ruben had a wide open layup on a rip drive. And A. Scott was at the top opposite. And he came flying out of nowhere and blocked Ruben's shot. And I just thought, like, when I saw that block, I thought of that play. And I never even saw A. Scott in the picture. Neither did Ruben. And A. Scott came out of nowhere. So, I mean, those dudes do it in practice. It's not like they just do it yeah, in games. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how we practice every day. And that's what I love about this team. We practice too hard to go in there and let a start like that derail a, a, a road win. So just a quick question about that, right? Because I think every year you got a lot of new guys this year, right? And then obviously you like a, a, lose like a Thomas Bell. And, you know, he's he's made North Texas history. He made big blocks against Purdue, big blocks. You know, like you, you just kind of – do you coach that up and say, hey, this is the kind of effort we need next season? Just point that out. Or, like, you just kind of say we want effort and then you just kind of figure out who falls into those roles. Well, I think you can talk about a lot, but it's what you do in practice yeah. is the difference. And we yeah. practice really hard. I mean, I don't know. Some people don't practice like that. And yeah. we just we just feel like it's the only way to prepare yourself for those for these type of wins and yeah. to win the games you gotta win is you gotta play hard every possession. And so we practice hard every possession in practice. There are no days off and that's what I told people about last year's team is the it was the hardest practicing team I'd ever coached. They just never had a bad day. And it was because Thomas and JJ would come out there and just practice hard. And that's what I do love about TP, and you saw that with Abu. But TP's got that mentality. He's starting to carry that over. But Ruben's been that, been yeah. that guy for us. Ruben's the guy that brings it every day. And A. Scott's learning to be that guy. Yeah. Where, you know, JJ had five years to learn to do that. Yeah. And A. Scott and Ruben are just, you know, two and three years in this thing. Yeah. So that's what I love about these guys is they're starting to take that mantle and be like, look, well, this is what we do. I mean, that's how you show up every day. And so then you get out here, you don't have to try to, like, will somebody to do yeah. it. They just go, like, they yeah. go compete. Yeah. And so, man, it's just a credit to how, how hard these guys practice every day is the reason why we're able to make those plays. Yeah, I think I saw another great play that kind of goes, you know, uh, it's on the box score, obviously. I think uh, it was Eli Lawrence had the ball outside right, and then Abu closes him out. So he hits a jumper, but it's just a two-point jumper when it could have been a really three. Yeah, so I think little things like that are huge. Yeah, no, it's the extra effort it takes to run people off the line when you know that's what you got to do. And, and then all those charges that we took I thought were big. Because you get all those charges down there on that end, and those are fouls that lead you to get to the bonus. And then we're in the double bonus, and Ruben gets, makes the free throw, and you get the second one. So it's just all that stuff is cumulative and makes a big difference in, in, in the ultimate final score. Uh, last thing, a lot of clutch free throw shooting. I think uh, the only miss is the Ruben one there. It was like, hey, Scott. One yeah, 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 that would do, yeah. 13 so. for 15. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, you know, I mean, these guys have practiced it, and we don't talk about it. There's nothing to talk about. I mean, these guys practice a lot, right? Yeah. So I think it's more about getting yourself in shape where you feel confident when you get there. Yeah. And you can focus on what you, the job you got to do. And these guys want to win, and they're willing to do whatever it takes. All right, well, I'll let y'all get out of here.